At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. What's going on, everybody? It's How To Tuesday. Last week, we were talking with Austin Hain of Fineo Sport Fishing about how to hook a cobia. This week, we're going to go into a little bit more depth about the rod, the reel, the line, many other things that you could do to increase your chances, specifically in Virginia in, the, in that area. But a lot of what Austin is talking about is will easily transfer to other areas where cobia swim. And maybe not just cobia. A lot of this is, is very transferable to other species as well. Austin, what's going on today? I appreciate you being back on the show. Um, how about other things that we can do? Like what rods, reels, line, hook? Uh, are you doing anything else to help you to see these fish? What, what can you help people to, to understand here? So uh, that's, a, that's a pretty common question is, you know, there's, there's a million different rods, reels, hooks, glasses. There's a ton of different uh, things you can use. And I've gone through just about every <laughs> single thing you could try. And I've lost fish, you know, on all of them. So, of course, you know, this changes. But for me personally, um, when people ask me, what's the most important thing? Can you bring cobia fishing? And uh, I don't even tell them the rod. I say a good pair of glasses. Um, because we do all sight fishing, 95% of the time is all sight fishing up in Virginia for our cobias, and glasses are everything. Um, you've got your $20 pairs, you've got your $300 pairs, and probably more than that. Um, but uh, a, a good pair of polarized amber lens green mirror, that is, that is what I use. I've tried blue, I've tried copper, I've tried gray, and yeah, you'll see them. But um, amber lens is, is pretty much crucial for picking out that brown uh, from a distance, especially. Um, so definitely the Cobia's best friend or Cobia uh, fisherman's best friend is going to be a good pair of glasses. Um, and that's, uh, you know, cause you're, you're fishing green water and the fish is brown. So you need that to pop. Um, but uh, also the sun is crucial, uh, in, in our site casting. So the clouds make it very tough. Um, but, uh, um, sorry, I got I got lost there. But anyway, right. the good glasses the good glasses are, are crucial for for cobia fishing. That's what I tell everybody. The most important thing is. Mm -hmm. And what about in the clouds? Are you able to Are you able to fish, or does it just it, when the lights go out, it's it's no go? So yeah, that's what I was about to get into, but I didn't want to steer off the glasses. Uh, so in our the only real huge issue that we have in as sightcasty cobias is going to be the clouds. And there's no real glasses that can really help you in this situation, honestly. It's just you got to take it a lot slower. You have to, and the fish are going to pop up right on the side of the boat. It cuts your range down by a lot. 
I wish I had better advice on a better pair of glasses that you could use in those situations. But honestly, it's just, uh, there's no, that's really the only thing that we have not figured out yet with our glasses is how to still see yeah. them very good in the clouds. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? If we had some cloud glasses you just put on and, and then all of a sudden <laughs> all the problems that the clouds uh, give you would be solved immediately by just changing changing a tint of your lenses or whatever. Unfortunately, that's not the case. But one of the things nope. that, that uh, we try to do, whether it's in Louisiana or in the Keys or anywhere we're trying to sight fish is, is elevation you know when you're in a tower and you're giving um elevation over your customers and so you can generally see them better you also know what you're looking for and you're used to seeing them the guide has the best eyes on the boat generally um in the keys we have a polling tower we have towers in the offshore world they have the tuna towers and everything is about getting up as high as possible we used to even fish on top of a ladder in the redfish tournaments trying to get up as high as possible and that is one thing that can help a little bit with the clouds is that if you can get a little bit of elevation you can see maybe three or four feet further than than maybe you would be able to otherwise. Now, when the clouds are not there and you get up higher, you can see a lot further. I've always thought that it's like it's about a foot of elevation equals about 10 feet further that you can see into the water. So that's why you see these sport fishers that have these giant tuna towers when they're trying to sail fish or, or tuna fish is that they – They've, they've seen that too. Like the higher they get, the further they can see, the more efficient predator they can be. So other than, other than, um, than elevation and, and clouds, those are things that, that are, are out of our control. But what is in our control are the rod we're using, the reel we're using, the hook we choose, the type of line that we choose. In your, in your world, what does that look like? Yeah, so uh, the, hook, the hooks are uh, obviously uh, pretty massive uh impact on what what you know our hookup ratios um and i of course you got the j's hooks the circle hooks and um what we use actually quite often as a treble hook and uh we we do switch that up daily um so we're on between may 15th or sorry june 1st and september 15th we can harvest cobias we, we can keep two per day um so to start our charters off um i actually start off with a treble hook um, a lot of people don't use treble hooks for cobias in our in our area. They still use just J hooks. And uh, for our first two, um, of course, I don't catch a release with a treble hook. If you're going to throw a treble hook, he needs to be a keeper. And he needs to be going right into the box because their survival rate goes way down. Um, but as for the treble hook, uh, you don't lose fish on those. Um, uh, they they do not come off the treble hook, uh, especially when they they get it. You know, two or two or three of those hooks are they, they're they're stuck. Um, so my recommendation is for your first two fish, which is what we can keep in Virginia, is I start off with a treble hook. Um, but after that, I do try to switch over to the circle hook um, if there's a lot of fish around. But I do not like the circle hooks too, too much, um, honestly, because I, a lot of times the fish comes at you when he's eating and the circle hook does not set. So I would say it goes treble hook for the first two. Um, I do a circle hook if there's a ton of fish around just because you're going to, you know, you don't want to gut hook 10 or 15 cobies with a j hook and um if it's just a slow pick of the day i stick with the j hook which is about a seven or a nine o j hook okay and that's do, does that change when you are using different baits like when we when we talked before you're talking about you use eels sometimes you're using other other baits sometimes uh how does the the bait choice affect the the hook choice 
Uh, usually I use the treble hook with the menhadens um, just because it matches the size of the, the bait, the hook to the bait ratio. Um, and the eels can, can kind of ball up on the treble hook if you don't hook them correctly. A lot of times I'll hook the eels in the back of their collar right here if I'm going to throw them on the treble hook. But uh, the, I can use the treble on just about anything, honestly, but it really just comes down to uh, matching the bait to the size of the hook, and I'll just adjust that accordingly. Okay. And what about uh, line choice? Are you using braid or mono or, or a combination of braid and fluorocarbon, or what do you choose? Uh, not, a not a fan of mono. Um, don't, don't really like the stretch or anything like that. When I come tied, I really want to feel the fish. Um, I usually use 50-pound to 30-pound high-vis braid uh, as my main line. I got to have high-vis because, like you were talking about previously, you're in the tower, and when you're looking down at the fish, I need to be able to keep track of everybody's lines to make sure nobody's going on the boat or anything like that. So I usually stick with a 30 to 50 pound high vis yellow, high vis green, something like that, something really bright that's going to pop to about a 50 pound fluorocarbon. Um, a lot of people rock 80 in my area. Um, I think that's just a little heavy. Um, so I usually stick with with 50 fluorocarbon to my hook. Okay. And I don't run a long leader like you guys do in Florida. I know that all of these long leaders. I don't even want that going through the guide. I'll do about a 20-inch leader hmm. um, to my hook. Yeah, that's actually more more along the lines of what I, what, what I do, uh, especially for permit fishing, is is really 20-inch leader. I want I want to be able to cast. I want the I want the knot from the from the braid to the fluorocarbon. I want that outside of the tip of the of the rod, so it can't be much longer than about 20 inches. That's about what I do. Um, and you don't yep. find that the high vis braid is affects the the fish when you only have a 20 20 inch leader no no not at all not at all um okay. our water is so filthy i i don't even think the floor car would probably makes a difference it's more just a confidence thing for me honestly i right. would imagine but uh i, I they, they can't see that right there's it's so dirty it's yeah. so dirty there and then the knot that you're using from the floor carbon to the braid what connection do you prefer uh, I use a uni to uni now. Okay, uni to uni, and then what do you use yep. to attach your your hook? Uh, if it's a if it's a J hook, I snell it. Um, if or a circle hook, I'll snell it. Um, but if for my treble hooks, I just tie a direct uni out to that as well. Okay, uni. That's uh that's a that's an easy one. You can use the uni all the way from the reel all the way to the to the uh, to the hook, and um, and yep. really there's. There's just not a lot. You, we we test knots here, and uh, you know what? You can get as sophisticated as you want and try as many different knots as you want, and that uni just it. I'm not gonna say it's the best knot, but it stands up there with with the rest of them, man. It it it's hard to beat. So, so that's uh, that's your um, your setup, and um, that catches you a lot of cobia. Again, a lot of the information that you just gave is transferable to many other species, and um, we're gonna have a third part to this series. Uh, with Austin, and that's going to be next week, and we're going to be talking about landing these fish. Okay, so the first one we talked about hooking them. The second one we talked about ways that you can see them better and and increase your chances with your rod, your reel, your hook, your glasses, your elevation, the clouds, all of that. What we just discussed on this podcast. Come back next week, and we're going to be talking about landing these fish because there is an interesting thing in Virginia. They're not allowed to gaff the fish, so they have to come up with some other ways to land them. That's what we're going to go over next week with Austin. Austin, how can they find you? How can they get in touch with you? How can they watch your Twitch channel and see you do all this live? 
so the best way if you ever want to just uh, get a hold of me is through my Instagram. That's Instagram. Uh, then or you go on Instagram and you type in Fineo underscore live. That's F I N A O underscore live L I V E. Uh, if you would like to watch us Kobe fish live, which we do in the summertime, uh, you can drop us a, a follow on our Twitch page. That's twitch.tv forward slash Fineo live one word. Or you can check out our website, and uh, we also offer our trips on there at fineosportfishing.com. Okay, Austin, thank you very much. That's awesome. And if you didn't catch it, Fineo is F-I-N-A-O. That stands for Austin. Tell us one more time. Failure is not an option. I love it. All right, man. Find Austin and come back next week. We're going to talk about landing in Scobia. See you. anglers search for the one they call king but who will take his throne tune in to waypoint tv's battle for silver saturday may 18th from 12 to 6 p.m eastern presented by abyss battery waypoint tv on mondays head offshore with captain scott walker and steve roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures coming to me coming to me coming to me double he's jumping he's jumping he's jumping oh, oh. look at Ooh. that belly don't miss mondays with into the blue brought to you by academy sports and outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m eastern tell a few fish stories along the way on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment